Welcome back to the Sudus Podcast. In the last episode, we heard how the news reached Lahore about Guru Hargobind capturing the Emperor's hawk. The ministers around Shah Jahan threw fuel on the fire, angering Shah Jahan more and persuading him to attack Guru Hargobind. The Emperor then assigns a general, Mughalus Khan, to take the force of about 7,000 strong against the Guru. So the last episode, we heard how they all mounted up, their troops mobilized, and headed down the path towards Amritsar, unknowingly walking into death. We heard how Guru Hargobind stationed some troops at Logar Fort. This was a semi-solid fort on elevated ground about a kilometer west of Darbar Sahib, is essentially along the path from Lahore to Amritsar. The Guru sent orders out for others to prepare in Amritsar, and they held court at the Akaldakht where they began in preparation for the battle worshipping their weapons, Shastra Puja, a tradition carried on today, most notably by Nahang Singh groups. So chapter 6 now begins describing how Guru Hargobind spent some time that morning at the Akaltakat, before then going back to his residence, resting after having his lunch, and then getting up off his bed in the early afternoon. At that time, Guru Hargobind consumed cannabis, becoming extremely euphoric, and then preparing himself in every manner, washing his hands, feet, face, then going back to deliver his darshan, his divine sight, at the Akal Takat to the Sikhs. Meanwhile, the celebrations and excitement over the wedding of Bibi Viro was swelling up. Everyone was getting supplies ready, placing them within the residences, knowing that the wedding party would be arriving the following day. But only the Guru understands the level the play of the Guru. No one else can understand what's in the Guru's heart. The Malaysh, the barbarian Turks, would arrive the next day and would take all these supplies. No one else knew this besides the Guru. So Guru Hargobind was holding court at the Akatak where Shabat Kirtan was sung out in Rag so beautifully. The warriors there at the ready, strapped with weapons, countless more powerful warriors were streaming in to sit in the court. It was evening time now, and Sodar Reheras was being recited with everybody seated there. At its completion, everybody bowed down. After the Divan, Guru Hargobind went back to his residence, and all the warriors went back to theirs as well. Everybody ate, they slept. But in the middle of the night, a Sikh came from Lahore with that urgent news. He reached the gates of the residence where he spoke to the security guard, the warrior, and watchman of Guru Hargobind, and he said, I need to go see Guru Hargobind immediately. There's an urgent matter. I won't be long, and then I'll leave. Look, in the same way I came so quickly, urgently, the army of the emperor is arriving from Lahore, and they'll be upon us very soon. The watchman went immediately to Guru Hargobind, waking him up and saying, from Lahore, there's urgent news. He's saying that the emperor has sent a massive army against us. He wants to meet with you. Guru Hargobind then heard this, agreed, called the messenger in, who went in and bowed down. The messenger placed a letter in front of the Guru, he took it, he read it, and then immediately prepared. He sent out more warriors to be stationed at Logar Fort and told them, with great anger, put up a stiff resistance there and kill them. Guru Hargobind then asked that Sikh from the Horde, the messenger, how large of an army do you think it is? The Sikh clasped his hands together and said, I came down that very same path as the army. They left this past afternoon, and they are likely thousands of these idiot soldiers. It's taking them so long to 
traveled down this path, but I came very quickly. I sped past them along the way. Understand that they must be approaching though at any minute now. So please understand this, don't delay. They will be among us soon. And Guru Hargobind then blessed that Sikh with happiness, looking so gracefully upon him, making him liberated. At that moment, a Sikh came from Logar Fort in some anxiety and he said, Oh, ocean of mercy, a massive army has arrived. We are hearing the great roar from the army at some distance. Send us some supplies, gunpowder, bullets. Let us first put up a harsh resistance there. Oh, Guru Hargobind, if you have a cannon at this point, we can stop them in their tracks. At that moment, Guru Hargobind then commanded, take the large wood cannon and fill it with gunpowder. Place it in front of the enemies and shoot it off and create havoc. The Sikh then asked the Guru, but in the fort we don't have much gunpowder or bullets. How will we keep filling it up and firing it off? They aren't deer. They won't be scared just looking at it. The Guru then commanded saying, fill it up proper with gunpowder. And for bullets, use stones, bricks, anything, and shoot it off. And then, when they come close, fight with them, strike them down. I will be Aung Sung, I will be close at hand for you, so fight with great determination there at Logar Fort. The Sikh heard this and was impressed with the tactic, and then quickly went back to Logar Fort, commanded the other Sikhs there to move the cannon up to an elevated position. They filled it with gunpowder and prepped their matches, which would be used to light up the cannon and the matchlock rifles. Just as a reminder, matchlock rifles, the trigger mechanism is, is basically just a match that's lit. That match is attached to the rifle and within the barrel you place both the bullet and the gunpowder from the front. And that's lit then with that match that's attached to the rifle. So the six lit all their matches when that cannon then went off, when they let off that cannon, it was like lightning came down from the heaven. So at the Logar Fort now, the warriors clashed on both sides. The Mughal soldiers were in shock, while the Sikh warriors were overjoyed and thrilled of warfare. The Mughal soldiers were just so deflated, many of them were shot down while approaching the fort. The army of the emperor was just so vile and arrogant from the beginning, thinking that how did these guys in Amritsar get notice about us coming? Otherwise, we would have just rode up while they were all sleeping and captured them. We would have sorted this all out without even fighting. We would have captured the Guru with the hawk by morning, and we would have already been headed back to Lahore in great joy. This battle would not have happened if they did not get noticed beforehand. Now they are already shooting off a cannon? So the Mughal general of the army then commanded, Sound off the battle drums, so all the warriors ready themselves for the fight. So this is how the Mughal soldiers were caught out in their sneaky tactic to ride up at night, and now they were being forced to fight face to face in great anger. So the battle drums sounded off, and all the great, beautiful warriors gathered up strength, yelling out, kill, kill. With great skill, they were prepping their matchlock rifles, filling their rifles from the front with gunpowder and bullets, shooting them off by lighting their match, and causing great blasts. It was in the dark of night, and the smoke from these rifles after firing was creating even more difficulty seeing. So there was so much smoke now rising up in the sky. There were just massive clouds. The warriors couldn't even see ahead of them. They couldn't even see their hand. Only through the flame of their match did they see anything. The warriors would shoot off in the distance where they saw other matches being lit. 
and the Sikh warriors were then shooting cannons in that direction where they saw the Mughals lighting their matches. A great blast went off with the cannon, and the warriors were yelling out, kill, kill, from Logot Fort. They were shooting off the great, large wooden cannon with great joy. They would direct it at wherever they saw groups of enemies gathering. In the cannon, they placed boulders, big rocks, anything as bullets. And when the enemy was struck by all these projectiles, their bones were breaking, some were getting hit off right off their horse. The general of the Malaysh, the barbarian, the Mughal forces then thought, the Guru is fighting a pitched battle here like a warrior. He must be here. Why are you guys not pressing forward? Go press forward and quickly grab him. They only have a few warriors that will fight. So when the general scolded his troops, they finally pressed forward and got close to the Logot Fort, where vast amounts of bullets were being fired in both directions. A fierce battle had commenced. The fort was now surrounded. On all sides, the Mughal forces had approached the fort, but still nobody could see anything. Guru Hargobind, though, he could hear the heavy battle that was happening at Logot Fort and understood a massive army had approached from Lahore. So the Guru left his residence, adorned with weapons strapped all over his body. The other warriors there were also strapped to the full weapons on every part of their body. As they approached the Guru, they said, Please, let us go as well. We will kill many of these barbarians. At that point, Guru Hargobind stepped aside. He signaled to his senior warriors, his commanders. There was a great strong warrior, Bandai Khan, the Patan. No other warrior was as strong as him. Then there was a great warrior, Bidhi Chand, who understood tactics and strategy like no other. He was super smart in knowing how to orchestrate the death of countless enemies. He would create a new tactical plan just in the moment, notice, and no one would be the wiser. There were other warriors too, Mohan, Gopal, Navalu, Nhalla, these were really wise and strong warriors. They knew well how to use rifles. If they saw an enemy in front of them, they would shoot him down without hesitation. They were excellent marksmen. There was another warrior named Purana who had a very long beard. He knew extremely well how to use a spear and then also use a sword in conjunction. So understanding how to use tactically and skillfully a spear and a sword together. When he heard the battle was kicking off, he was just so excited. Then there was Jat and Jati Maluk, or Maluk Jati. Both of them were such excellent archers, they would just nail any enemy with their arrows. So these senior warriors all assembled with Guru Hargobind. They were mounted up on their horses. They already had their matchlock rifles ready. Their matches were lit. Down the barrel, it was already filled with gunpowder and bullets. Some warriors placed two bullets in their barrels at once, and they were all holding their rifles, ready to fire it off at any moment. Guru Hargobind looked at his finest warriors. He had them seated close to them and said, What's the plan? What do you think tactically? It's not right for us to fight within the complex of Dharbarsak. We could leave the city and go outside somewhere to an open space where we can set up. It's late night. It's dark. No one can see anything. We don't want the Malays, the barbarians, to enter into the residences. We won't know who is ours, who is the enemy. If they enter the city, we'll end up shooting and striking down at our own. But if we create some distance and then encircle the enemy, we'll be able to fight and give them no options. To fight within the city of Amritsar would be a great sin. It's my opinion that we relocate outside. We'll mount up on our horses and strike down at them at the enemy while remaining in one solid position, one line. Bandit Khan at that moment said, Guru Hargobind, I agree with you. 
your plan, your desires 100%, but you should also think and plan for your family to safeguard them and make sure they get out of, out of the city first. All the warriors should stay behind until you get out. They shouldn't have any greed or attachment to their possessions at all at home. All of the families should just collect together as a group, as one, and they should stay close to have the support of all the warriors as well. Our forces should continue fighting and killing the enemies, filling our rifles and shooting them out at once. And if our forces move forward or back, if an opening is created, then a group of a hundred warriors should be at the ready to defend the family. Guru Hargobind, you should in charge this role to your commander, Navla. Guru Hargobind heard this plan and agreed. He entrusted Navla with a hundred warriors who was then sent to get the family out of their residences. Guru Hargobind said to Navla before sending them off, comfort the family, give them courage. Don't allow them to be afraid at all. That's how chapter six concludes. In the next chapter, we're gonna hear how the family is evacuated and escorted out of Amritsar by the commander Navla and his troops, and how Bibi Viro gets left behind. So that's where we're gonna pick up next time. But as always, I'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. Oh,